Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Inside Calvary. The goal in the heart of what we are doing here today is to take you from the outside looking in and giving you an inside look. So if you don't know me, my name is Pastor Josh. I'm our online campus pastor here at Calvary, and I'm sitting down today with our worship pastor here, Pastor John. Pastor John, how are you doing today? I am well, thank you It for is good to me. see you. I'm I appreciate excited. the haircut, yeah. trim up on the beard, looks, uh, for, looks good, looks fresh. Okay. Is the thank coffee you. good? It, the coffee is phenomenal. Well, courtesy of Channing Rayleigh. Unity Coffee, shameless mm-hmm. plug. So, uh, Pastor John, um, I don't know if you know this. You were one of—I better sit closer. Um, I don't know if you know this, but you were one of the very first people that I met when I came to Calvary. Did you know that? Wow. So, um, when I when I moved down, I or my first time visiting, I came with Demetrius. Obviously, Demetrius plays the organ. Yeah. And so, I came, sat down backstage, and you were one of the first people beyond Christian— and my wife, that would be, um, that I met at Calvary, sitting backstage. Wow. So you made an impression, I think. H- how long ago was that? Five years. Five years. Yeah, 2017. Wow. So, hey. And here we are. Here we are. Look at this. Oh, and look at this. Who, who <laughs> look the, at us. <laughs> who to thunk it? Who to thunk it? <laughs> look at us. <laughs> look at us. Yeah. <laughs> so, pa- Pastor John, I know people know you as a worship leader. But when you are handed a pair of glasses, mm. you turn into a preacher. Well, I don't know what it is about glasses, um, probably because I grew up with some preachers that wore glasses. Okay. And anytime they put those glasses on, they would sit down just a little bit. And I don't know, people hand me glasses and this preacher just comes on me. Do you want to? Oh, so let's, let's, give let's. Me, if you, you got to give me something, a subject that we're talking about. Let's talk about coffee Ooh. since it's oh, since I it's can, right there. Oh, I can preach about coffee with or without glasses. I'm gonna tell you that right now. But let's put these on. Ooh. And and then something happens to my voice as I, I put the glasses on. You see, there are people who are watching who don't understand the Ooh. depth of caffeine. Come on, somebody. Uh, but not just any caffeine, the caffeine that comes from coffee. Uh, God says that there is a season coming where you will need to be equipped with the proper tools. Come on, huh? To withstand, and you can't withstand until you have withheld, huh? You can't withstand what you are withholding. Talk about so it. In order to stand, you must be awake. God is awakening His church, and He's doing it with coffee. I need Oof. you to just touch three people and say, "Wake up!" Yeah, grab yeah, your coffee. That grab your coffee. <laughs> Man, those things, I could see the future. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm looking at you, and I barely can see you when I got my glasses off. It's pretty rough. I'm pretty blind. Play for me, if you would. Um, Pastor Ron, uh, uh, you asked me how long I've been at Calvary. How long have you been at Calvary? I've been at Calvary 10 years now. Wow. And you're 28. And I'm 28, <laughs> yes. So uh, so 10 years. What? Um, where? How did you end up at Calvary? Uh, so... My wife and I, um, we were living in Orlando, okay, and we had felt like it was time for us to transition, um, but didn't really know what that meant. Um, we had had some opportunities come up and didn't feel like the Lord was giving us uh, the clearance to leave, so to leave where we were. And so um, we had said no to all those things and just kind of turned off anything that was coming. We didn't want to hear about it because the Lord was telling us to stay at that time. But then a, a time came where we finally felt the release. And so we're like, we feel transition, but what now? We've turned yeah. everything down. And um, and that's when uh, 
Pastor Rayleigh at the time, it's Apostle Rayleigh now, but Pastor Rayleigh reached out to me, and uh, we had some mutual friends that had been talking to him about me and uh, talking to me about him, and um, yeah, he reached out, and we ended up meeting for dinner. I got to meet he and Pastor Don, and uh, Courtney was actually with them as well, and we just heard their hearts um, for ministry, family, yeah. uh, the church here, what God was doing here already. And um, my wife and I were on, on our way back to the car, and I looked at her, and uh, we hadn't talked any specifics. We hadn't, like, made any decisions yeah. or anything like that, but we looked at each other, and I said, hmm, do you feel what I feel? And she said, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said, I think these are our pastors, yeah. you know, and yeah, the rest is history. Wow. I, I, I'm pretty sure I've heard you share that before, but, um, I, when I, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that you know, Calvary, obviously we, we love the preaching. We love to sit under the word of God, but I, I'm also thankful that we are like a house that loves to worship Yeah, and we're, we're a house of high praise mm-hmm. and deep worship yeah. and we, we pursue him radically. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's easy, Pastor Ron, because we were talking about this yesterday about, um, uh, but I think it's easy sometimes for people to look at the person on the stage. And and I think, if I may, sometimes you guys make it look very easy to worship in moments. Mm. But And it's easy to see um, a person on a stage and assume things and yeah. assume and, and, not, and not see the whole history behind their worship. Yeah. And um, I know that your story, um, I've heard you share it a couple of times, is, is pretty incredible. And would you, would you share, your, short, share your story, like what God brought you through? And sure. I think that brings a depth, of, like a depth, a depthness, a, a depth for people to understand yeah. your worship. Yeah, so um, most people know I grew up in Tampa and uh, had a wonderful mom. I still do. She's still wonderful. <laughs> Um, she loves the Lord and always has. So I was raised in a home, uh, to just really, I mean, my mom drove home the point of loving God. Yeah. Um, and through everything that we'd ever been through. So, um, I grew up in a home like that, so I didn't have to grow up outside of church and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, it was a very interesting place where I was. Um, we were faced with poverty and, um, you know, my dad wasn't in the picture and that whole story. So, um, I just had to really come up in a very rough environment, though it was a home. Like I said, my mom loves the Lord and she loves me and uh, did the best that she could, but we were just in a really hard place, um, for most of my childhood and moved from place to place, eviction after eviction after eviction, um, you know, I had to watch her go through a lot of things, uh, personally, um, you know, and really she taught me how to trust God. Yeah. Um, because anybody can trust him when you're standing on the mountain, but yeah. when you live in the valley, yeah. <laughs> which is what it felt like, we, yeah. it felt like we lived in the valley. Yeah. Um, I just watched her praise God through all of it Yeah. and, um, and never waver in her devotion to the Lord. Wow. And so I grew up in church, um, but also grew up in a broken environment. Yeah. You know, even in the church, it was, it was pretty broken. Um, and so we had found ourselves homeless and, um, that was a really intense season as you can imagine. 
um, and didn't know where meals were coming from or any of that. Yeah. And uh, we were on the waiting list to get into a shelter because it was full at the time, so we had to sleep in a car. We were turned away by loved ones and, um, you know, even watching, you know, that happened, you know, right before my eyes, watching my mom and seeing her face when yeah. family says, no, you can't, you know, stay here. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I was having suicidal thoughts at that time. And, uh, I remember I was on the street in Tampa. It was called Armenia Avenue. Yeah. And, um, I was going to, I actually don't share this often. It's pretty wild, but I was going to step out into traffic and, um, and I felt this tug on my shirt and I turned around and there's no one there. But for, for some reason I knew, um, as I just stood there stunned, I knew that God wouldn't let wow. me do it. Yeah. And, um, and so fast forward, um, you know, I moved out when I was 17, um, you know, to try and have some stability and man, uh, went through all kinds of personal issues and, yeah. and all that. And, um, God wouldn't let me give up. Yeah. And so I, uh, I remember I was working at Panera Bread and I had this vision, a glimpse of what God was going to do in my life and the way he was going to use me. But, um, it certainly didn't fully look like this today, yeah. but it was just a little glimpse of what he was going to do. And I'm working at Panera, which is not beneath me, but it wasn't what I felt like I was called to do. Right. And, uh, and I was just so overwhelmed, like, Lord, you know, you said you were going to do this yeah. and I've gone through everything opposite of what you promised me. <laughs> and, uh, and then I remember because I had a job and because I was now in a place where I had a roof over my head, um, I remember this moment of feeling just so convicted uh, because I had quickly forgotten what God had done for me. Yeah. I was in this place. Now I have a job. I have a car. I have a place, a roof over my head. And, uh, and I had forgotten that not too long ago I was homeless. Yeah. And so I had this moment of conviction. God smacked me and I got gratitude uh, yeah. knocked right into me. And I just said, Lord, I'm so sorry because yeah. I wasn't treating the job. You know, the Bible says, do all things as unto the Lord, yeah. all that you do, do yeah. as unto the Lord. And I was not, um, because I was just angry that yeah. I hadn't seen, you know, the breakthrough that I, uh, I felt he promised me. And so I began to be thankful. And as I did, the Lord began to open doors for me in that place, uh, Panera. And I just, yeah. I grew in, um, my position, got promoted and all that kind of stuff. And it was in that place. This is the point I'm getting to. It was in that place, um, that I, met the pastor who offered me my first full-time job in ministry. And, uh, and so I just went, man, look at how God turned a place yeah. that was a place of disappointment and gratitude came into that place of disappointment and yeah. God shifted it and made it into the place of promise. Yeah. And, um, and so here I am today and I've been leading worship now full-time for, uh, about 16, 17 years. Wow. And, uh, and so, yeah, I'm thankful. Yeah. I was, uh, I was thinking about it this morning, just knowing like what we were going to be talking through. And I just started, I was thinking about the, the idea of like how history with God affects our worship towards God. Yeah. And I was thinking about like in Joshua four, right? Like the Israelites, they come 
across the Jordan River, and before the priests come out of the Jordan River, God took, gives Joshua a command to tell them to go and grab stones and make a memorial because, yeah. and he says, at, at this memorial is a, it's basically it was a place for them to declare what God had done in them, mm-hmm. and I just I think about like what our history with God, I think about like your history with God, how it may affect your worship. Like I think about like, you know, I loved my wife the day I met her, to be honest with you, but I love my wife now more than I did then because of the history yes. with her. Yes. And you, I had another question planned, but what does, for you, how does history with God amplify your worship yeah. towards him? Well, history with God, to me, personally means that he has proven himself. Yeah. Over and over again. Yeah. Um, he rescued me from the pit, literally. Yeah. Um, he rescued my life, literally. And so um, this is the history that I've built with God, and it's, 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 a, uh, it's a thing that matures you, yeah. you know, in your love, yeah. right? Perfect love casts out all fear. It's, it speaks to maturity, like yeah. this, this history that you have with the Lord. I know that he's not going to fail me. Right. I know that he doesn't let me down. I know that he's good. I know that he loves me. I know that he's worthy of all the glory, yeah. honor, and praise. And and so, obviously, I can look at my testimony and go, wow, the Lord has been faithful to me, and he's proven himself yeah. um, so mightily in my life. So my worship, it goes a lot deeper. I think worship goes deeper the more that you know the Lord. Yeah. And, uh, and so the more I know him, the more I love him. The more yeah. I love him, the more I just want to worship him. Yeah. Yeah. I... Uh yeah, that uh, that was re- really affects me. I, I think hearing your story and um, knowing where God has brought you from and knowing where you currently are and um, and it's not to boast in any of these things, Pastor John, but um, you know, you know, we see you now as you know you're a worship leader of a house, but you also you travel and, and you do release music and um, how do you um, you know? I believe there's a doing away with celebrity Christianity culture, and mm-hmm. I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Um, but there are, I think there's still a temptation towards it. And how do you, Pastor John, how do you as a worship leader, um, and, and maybe a worship leader's watching, and what, what you would say to them, how do you how do you stay rooted in the house and just just stay rooted um, and remain pure and and holy in that place of worship towards him how do you how do you remain in that place yeah i really think uh being rooted in the house of god is super important um and there are many reasons why i think family is one of the most important things oh yeah um obviously i have my family and my wife my kids yeah you know my immediate family but then the family of god being planted in a community um that loves the lord yeah. Not just community, not just friendships. Yeah, yeah. Um, but friendships with people who love the Lord and wow. are yeah. are giving their lives to him is so important. Yeah. I think you need spiritual parents, you need spiritual yeah. mothers and fathers, you need spiritual brothers and sisters. Yeah. You need to be in a local community, but you also need to be serving that community. Yeah. There's something about being planted in healthy community and serving, giving your life to the ministry, giving your life to uh, a local body of believers yeah. uh, that just has a way of keeping you grounded. Like, yeah. um, you know, there's opportunity for all of us, including me, to go and do other things and 
and maybe do that full time and all that. And right. I mean, no knock to anyone who does that full time. Yeah. But I've just found that uh, it keeps me sane. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. having a place that I can come to and call home. Right. Um, that I'm here. Every, I have to show up every week. Yeah. You know, people don't know that. Like I'm here in the office. You are like, here every week. And that's healthy for me. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there's certain things that people, you know, I, I'm sure all of us would like a, you know, a time where we're not in the office all the time. Yeah. But this is healthy for us. Yes. Um, and, you know, when you're doing what you're called to do, a friend of mine said, when you're doing what you know you're called to do, there's a sweetness even in the sacrifice. Yeah. And uh, this place is healthy. It's uh, it's a wonderful community. Um, and it keeps me grounded. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just as simple as that. Like I would say to every young leader, every leader, period. Yeah. Uh, I've said this before. No matter how large a tree becomes, if it wants to remain fruitful, it must stay planted. Yeah. And so if I want to remain fruitful in my life, in my relationships, in uh, ministry, in business, whatever it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I must stay planted in the house of God. Yeah. It's so vital. You know, too, like, obviously you sit up in Unity Coffee all the time, and we have random people walk through all the time. But, you know, one thing I think, too, from my perspective, and I, and I, I believe for our people that it amplifies what you do on stage when, peop- when mm-hmm. people see what you do off the stage and how you love people and, and the fact that you are rooted in a house. And if they walk up in their coffee shop, you're, you're not a, you're not the pastor that is hiding away in your office, but somebody walks in like you're, you go, listen, you're going to know John Wilds loves you. You know what I mean? You're going to give him a hug and you might pay for their coffee, even if you don't want them to. But, um, but no, I, I think, you know, Pastor John, I just say this, like, I, I, I thank you for modeling that for, um, for worship leaders and in the midst of maybe not everybody's modeled it well. I thank you for modeling that. And is there anything else, Pastor John, on yeah. your heart that you would want to share? But like uh, before yeah. we before we leave, well, to respond to that, I would say thank you. But also, you know, obviously, I'm not perfect, right? Um, but I realized something years ago. Ministry, obviously, is first unto the Lord. Yes, uh, but you minister to people. Yeah, so. I wouldn't have a ministry. None yeah. of us would have a ministry yeah, that's if there were no people. Yeah. And so, you know, Apostle always says, you know, he's weary of people that love crowds but hate people. Yeah. Um, if you're called to ministry, you're called to people. Yes. So um, I think it's very important that we keep that at the forefront of our hearts. Yeah. Um, and all that we do, like I said earlier, yeah, it needs to be as unto the Lord. Yes. And so uh, I just desire to please him. And, you know, I'm doing my best just yeah. like everybody else. So, <laughs> Well, Pastor Ron, we love you so much. Listen, uh, thank you for sitting down with us and, and sharing your heart. And uh, thank you for being who you are. We love you so much. We love, you know, we just, we love you. And so, uh, listen, guys, thanks so much for tuning in for another episode of Inside Calvary. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you share this. Um, but we love you so much, and we can't wait to see you next time. Bye, guys.